You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. It's going to be a shorter episode today, but I did want to close out the week with some content. Came across an article in The Athletic this morning. It was written by Sam Kahn and Chris Vanini. Both do a really good job covering uh, college football, especially in the state of Texas. And they polled um, some anonymous high school football coaches in the state, all across the state of Texas. And they asked them questions about recruiting. Who recruits the best in the state? So I wanted to share with you what some of them said uh, about Gary Patterson and TCU. One question was, which in-state school aside from Texas and Texas A&M does the best job of recruiting your players or the state of Texas? Uh, One coach said, TCU would be atop my list. They evaluate kids. They don't look at stars. They sign players from our school in the past who weren't highly rated and made the NFL because they got developed. Nobody beats Gary Patterson when it comes to that. Another coach said, you don't have to worry about TCU coming back and saying, oh, we're going in a different direction. If they offered you, they want you until they fill up. They don't over-offer. Um, some other things that were said about Gary and the staff. On the trust factor, which coach do you trust the most? Gary Patterson is hard to beat. He's been there 20-something years, done it right, had highs and lows. His staff, how they treated kids, they're at the top of my list. Um, another coach said Gary Patterson's a straight shooter. I think he's honest. And his staff echoes his sentiments. There's no sugarcoating and beating around the bush. Now, um, you know, there there were some negatives. Uh, another positive was Gary Patterson. He takes time to sit back and talk, not just about football, but as a person. I've had some college coaches that they saw you on the street or they saw you at a conference would walk right past you. I'd say Patterson is who I trust the most. Um, one coach did say, on the coach he trusts the least or he doesn't have a good relationship with. He mentioned GP. He said, I've had kids come back and tell me the things that Gary has said about my school and our kids. I've heard more bad than good from my players that have gone there. Um, So that's obviously not great. Now, listen, Texas high school football is a vast, vast group of coaches. There's, you know, a lot of them around the state. I don't think that one batter view is a huge thing. Gary, I know last year in uh, Dave Campbell's Texas football, they did a survey and coaches selected him as the in-state coach that they trust the most. So that's a good endorsement. I feel overall TCU has done a really nice job developing relationships within um, the Texas high school football network. And obviously the stability that Gary has had with him and his staff. He is loyal, I think, sometimes to a fault um, with the guys that are underneath him and that are coaching with him. That's attractive to Texas high school football coaches, especially ones that have been around for a a while. It was really kind of hard to tell who was mentioned the most. Um, You know, different coaches said different things as far as, you know, who they trust, what schools came up the most. SMU came up a lot. Uh, Rashad Sample's name came up a lot as an assistant that's on the rise, that's doing great things. That did not surprise me. Uh, you know, came over from Texas, was promoted to associate head coach this offseason, has been a huge part of SMU's rebrand and really trying to embrace being the school of Dallas. What did surprise me is that Sonny Dyke's name also came up 
uh, you know, a couple times throughout the article as just a straight shooter, a guy who is very influential on the trail. I didn't expect that. They asked specific questions about Texas and Texas A&M because, of course, and the the Jimbo reactions were pretty mixed, even though I'd say overall it was positive. Steve Sarkeesian and this staff, it appears, is developing some good rapport. One thing that was clear from this is that Tom Herman was not well-liked at all. He was seen as an arrogant guy, someone who thought like he, he felt like he was too good to be hitting the road and be talking to high school coaches. So not surprising that he was not successful at UT and that his staff was not successful at UT. Um, and, and Chris Gilbert has been big in, I think, bridging the gap and repairing some of those relationships. Obviously, as a former uh, high school football coach, and he got on staff there at Texas this offseason. Um, I wouldn't freak out about the, the fact that somebody, you know, ding coach p a little bit i don't know which coach that was it's somebody in the dallas fort worth area obviously not a good sign but i think you're bound to have a few of those if you've been in this business long enough most of it was positive a another name that came up that i didn't expect uh jared when they talked about assistance jared anderson there was a coach that said that he's one of the best his relationships are great he's a straight shooter and I know when his name comes up with TCU fans, Jared Anderson, who's the offensive line coach and has bounced around at different positions through his career, everyone's eyes kind of start rolling. However, I think that gives you a good idea of why he stuck around for so long. I mean, aside from the fact that Gary doesn't really enjoy getting rid of people or wants to stick with people, whatever, however you want to spin it, uh, he obviously has some influence on the recruiting trail, and that's a big reason as to why they're keeping him around. Uh, some other things that stood out, Paul Gonzalez, his name came up. A coach said that he's just always good about making time for high school coaches. If you send him film or send him someone to evaluate, he'll get back to you quickly. He'll make things happen. He'll at least respond. Malcolm Kelly was a name that came up. That That's not surprising. Malcolm's been huge in, uh, you know, getting receivers to campus, um, getting high-profile guys that can make plays on the outside. To TCU. So that was just an article from today that caught my eye. Um, you know, the athletic digging into high school football coaches and their relationship to college coaches, if you want to take a look at that. The other thing I wanted to touch on quickly before I sign off, and again, this is going to be just like a 10 minute pod today, um, just as we sort of close out the week. Next week, the past few weeks, we've been going Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Next week, we're going back to Monday through Friday. We are full throttle football season. Let's go. And on Monday, um, I'm actually going to have an interview with Jaden Oberchrome, former TCU kicker. He's now doing some coaching. So that'll be uh, exciting. Hope that's a really good conversation. So we'll hit the ground running with him on Monday, and then we'll you know barrel into football season. One thing I'll say uh, about, and, and I talked about it yesterday, O'Shawn Mathis and Max Duggan also mentioned this, and Gary Patterson talked about it. Um, it it's, a, it's a narrative. It's a talking point. The chemistry on this team really seems to be good. They seem to like each other. They seem to buy in. Um, and, again, as I said, you know, when they hit the field against Duquesne and Cal and SMU, that might not matter. It might just be a nice off-season thing that was said – but 
I do think it's encouraging that these guys, at least publicly, are like, hey, we're ready to fight for each other, we're ready to fight with one another. Um, just that's that's a positive sign because I I do think there have been seasons in the past where the defense was performing so well and the offense was struggling and it almost became like two separate teams on a team because the defense was getting so frustrated with having to go out there constantly because of three and out. So the fact that this group is getting along well, that's a good sign. Um, also, Anthony Tresh, who works for Pro Football Focus, he put out a graphic today, his top five cornerback duos in 2021. Number one was Derek Stingley Jr. and Eli Rooks. Number two, Travis Hodges Tomlinson and Noah Daniels. Really stoked about this uh, corner group. Um, Noah Daniels and Travis Hodges Tomlinson, I feel like are going to be monsters. And then you also have C.J. Caesar, who's going to be mixed in there as well. Uh, and I know he struggled at times last year, but got some valuable experience. When Keon Stewart comes back from injury, I'm just I'm excited about the secondary. And you pair that with a defensive line that, at least on the edges, the Kyrie Coleman and O'Shawn Mathis can get to the quarterback. I'm not really worried about linebacker because it always seems to get figured out. And I think Gary's just shown he has a track record of churning out guys that are going to get a lot of tackles and be productive of that position. So I believe this defense is going to come together uh, as the year goes on and become a force for TCU football. I hope you enjoy your weekend. Uh, I'll be back Monday. And again, as I said, we'll go Monday through Friday this coming week. We'll get back into football mode, get back into, uh, you know, season mode. And we'll hit the ground running. That's coming up on Lockdown Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast, your team every day.